If you don't think there's hope for the world, why bother going on? You haven't seen the world, so you don't know. You keep going for family. I'm not family. No. Your cargo. Why are you so important? Somewhere out west. They're working on a cure. I think what really impressed them was the fact that I didn't turn into a monster. If she so much as twitches, <laughs> don't. <clears throat> Say what I say. Got any advice on the best way west? Yeah, go east. You've come this far, and you know what's out there. You're not gonna scare us. Scared him? than any of us could have ever imagined. Be careful who you put your faith in. You might not be her father, but you were someone's. You trust me. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, he is Steve, and we hope you don't get bit in episode 304 today, January, I believe it's actually the 24th, 2023. We're going to be getting right into our topic of the day, which is The Last of Us HBO Max series impressions. So there's no need whatsoever to fast forward as we get started now. Oh, and by the by, we are going to be going into spoiler territory with this, so you are warned. Steve, mm-hmm. the, the first question I have for you actually mm. is, did you play the no. game? No, you didn't. My limited experience with the game, Ross, is on your Very couch. limited experience i came over sat my booty down farted a few times mm-hmm. picked my ear yes and then watched you play however much you played and then i came over again watched more farted some more as always and that's about it uh-huh so my my um experience with the game mm. is extremely limited maybe to just these two episodes but uh, probably not even that much yes i didn't know if you had actually played the last of us remastered or not no okay well steve that's interesting then uh 
So what'd you think of the show thus far? By the way, we are talking about at this point in time, the first two episodes, which mm. have been released. Yeah. So from what I remember, what you remember of the game, uh. <laughs> uh, it seems to stack up. Now my memory could be off, but like, for example, in the beginning of the game, you know, when all the shenanigans start to happen, uh, one thing I remember was Joel in the car with like his brother or something. I mean, maybe it was somebody else in the game, but I thought it was his brother, mm -hmm. Joel's daughter in the back. And you were kind of in there, like, you know, in, in the camera view, looking around at stuff. I remember the house being on fire. I remember going like, is this game going to start? Or is that something we're just going to watch mm -hmm. forever? Not complaining, but I mean, we're going on like 20 minutes here. And like, you know, was it the, really 20 minutes? I don't, I forgot. I, maybe I'm overstepping, but I mean, I remember, it was probably I, like two minutes. I remember it being a long time. Like there was little sequences to play. Uh -huh. And then it was like a massive just opening all Exposition. Yeah. That being said, uh, I do have a couple qualms, Russ. Hmm. Mostly... I, my my question for you really is um I, I have to I just have to get it off my my chest. Get it out of my head. Get it off your man boobs. My moobs. Is the script and the show mm -hmm. fairly similar that than it is in the game? And then what I mean by that, really, to be more specific, is the overuse of profanity. Yes, yes. All I, throughout the game. Is that, is that, do I, because I, I don't remember what people really said in the game. I just remember stuff happening, but I don't remember what was said. I don't recall there being as much. I know that, that there was somewhat sure uh you know which makes sense given the fact that this is like kind of a, a post-apocalyptic setting and and the survival mm. and that sort of thing but no I, I would say the tv show definitely has i mean they were using the f word like it was going out of style in the first two episodes so. <laughs> i can't say i've had that complaint with other shows and i forgot yeah. which ones they were but they, but I, I can't stand it it just seems like poor writing to me it is. I mean, I, and I totally agree. I think that when you when you overuse the f bomb, it starts to lose its potency because. Right. And and what's funny is that in those moments of any given show, they put that word in there in order to emphasize like shock, the seriousness, or, or the yes. seriousness of the situation, or what have you. But if you will end up basically overusing or abusing that word, then suddenly it's kind of like, oh, wow. Okay. So you just have a potty mouth. You're, it's not like this is life or death necessarily. And so you kind of uh, lose that. You know what I equated it to? What did you equate it to, Steve? I remember last week we had a little show. Mm. No, actually it wasn't last week. It was the week before. Mm. We had a little show like we always do. And one thing you said to me was, man, you said, um, a lot. Ah, yes. I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like me saying, um, a lot. Mm. Only it's the F-bomb. Mm. Eventually, we're going to think, are we watching South Park? Or are we watching something else? Because at least with South Park, it has the comedic element to it. This is just like, can you think of anything else to say, or do you know any other words? Yeah, in the in the English language. 
Yeah, no, Honestly. it's it, it became a bit distracting for sure in terms of the the first two episodes we've watched, and I I really don't know if if they're going to be continuing to do that through the the remainder of the episodes or not. But yeah, I mean it's I think that um, the some uh, I, I want to be surgical about this. Some of the script writing is weak yeah. in like with, with what we're talking about, but. There's a lot of the script writing in there that actually I find to be very good. Right. Very and strong. Yes. I'm not. Yeah. I will clarify. Yeah. The, the script overall is not poor. It's just the like there's sequences, I think mainly with Ellie than anybody else, mm-hmm. where she just seems like she's going through puberty and like the rebellious phase, like I hate mom and dad sort of thing. And it just comes across like it, it's whatever she was on screen, the lines that she was given I just, here we go. You know, it, it just didn't, it's fell flat. With yeah. Me. Now, some of the things that are really, really cool that I have found about the show is mm. first of all, uh, Mr. Pascal. Yes. Uh, I think does a really nice job as Joel, which is interesting because I was a bit concerned when I heard that he was cast for that right. particular character because I remember. I've played The Last of Us, and Joel is very much like, you know, Texan, all-American, has kind of the the southern drawl, the kind of the the American swagger to his body movements and whatnot. And so when I I heard about that, I was like, well, I'm... you know, I'm a fa- obviously I'm a fan of his. I, I, uh-huh. I've enjoyed him in other roles like The Mandalorian and, sure. and so on and so forth. But this role, I was like, man, I don't know if I could see this working or not. And I'm happy to report that actually I really like it. I bought into it. I, I had no problem whatsoever. I, I think that uh, he does a, a nice job, all things considered. Is he like the perfect Joel? No. But, I, but given the fact that that's who they decided to go with, I think that uh, it's a nice choice overall. Do you do you agree? I do. I wish they would. He would have grown out his beard. Yeah, I do wish they they had grown. Yeah, he had grown out his beard just a <laughs> bit like, more. But like honestly, like his like his haircut, um, you know, the wardrobe style sure. did a great job. Yeah. making him look like how Joel looked in the game. But furthermore, the actual swagger, like I was talking about uh, just a moment ago. I feel like he was successful in evoking that and having kind of the mannerisms and um, just the, the persona of Joel. So I thought that was really cool. Another thing that I really like about the show so far is the set design. Yeah. They spent a lot of money on the sets. Well, and once again, as someone who has played the game, those first two episodes, I mean, those are straight out of the game. Yeah. And that's what I really appreciate is like you, you're watching what's going on, whether it's behind like kind of like the military zone or whatever. Um, and, and the, the citizens are, are like, you know, dumping the dead bodies. I mean, that was, that was straight out of the, the video game. Even like when they're on this, this trek and you see him going across like a, like a freeway overpass and you, and even some of the buildings that you see and come across, not only are like geographically correct from the video game, but even like the way that they're designed, like down to like even the tile work and stuff, like when they walk in, like there's that one building in episode two that is uh, flooded. Right. Totally is like legit 
to the game itself. I remember that level precisely. And I remember how Ellie said she couldn't swim. And so then yeah. like part of the puzzle is like Joel's trying to like move ahead and figure out like how to get her across. And like, yeah. So I really love how there is a, a lot of attention to detail that I honestly wasn't expecting out of this, out of this, I was gonna say out of this game, <laughs> out of this, out of the show. Yeah. And that's saying something because like, for instance, like the Halo TV show, I don't feel was as true to the game as what I'm seeing in this show so right. far. Like, and I think a big reason for that is that Neil Druckmann, who was, um, you know, he's basically like the head honcho for The Last of Us over at Naughty Dog. Not seen so. He's the co-creator of the show. Yeah. And I think that goes a long way. And actually, I will also say, too, okay. that I think it's both good and bad. Because on the one hand, it's good to have him because you know he's combing through every type of detail, like with the the um, set design, with how the, the actors look, how they, how they behave down to like just the minute details. And that's fantastic because we, the fans really just eat that stuff up. However, he's not a movie maker. He's not a filmmaker. He's right. not someone who is very experienced in doing TV series, right? He's for, you know, first and foremost, a game developer and that that's where he shines. And so I, I am guessing that, what we were just talking about with regards to like, like the overuse of the F word, for example, I think may be a direct influence of him being the co-creator of the show because, right. you know, when I think about like various E3 shows in the past, right? Like we've complained about how certain press conferences do the same thing, right? Like they, they think they're being edgy. They think they're being cool, cool or whatever. Audience, yeah. And by the end of it, you're just like, my goodness, like that sounded so unprofessional and just, right. I don't know, it's petty. Like, right. I don't know. You just, you, you don't have to Low go class, to that word man. all the time, but they just, for some reason within the video game community, they feel compelled to have to go there. Like just take it to that nth degree. Again, that's speculation on my part. I have no like details or, or articles to back sure. that up. That's just a hunch. Let me ask you this about Joel. Um... In the game, mm -hmm. he's from Texas, mm -hmm. Tejas. Knowing how Texans are mm -hmm. uh, with their guns mm -hmm. and like their kind of take chargedness, to me it seemed like, and I could be wrong, mm -hmm. to me it seemed like he really took a, uh, a step back. And like the Tess, I think her name was, was really guiding him. He didn't have really much to say. Mm -hmm. um, he did have things to say, but he seemed like more of a, of the guy being led versus being the leader. And to me, that seemed off. But again, I never, I don't remember 100%. In the game, does he seem more like a leader or does he seem more like a follower? No, the, the show is accurately depicting Joel. Okay. Um, Joel is definitely someone who has some baggage. Mm. He has kind of a, a survivalist attitude at this point. And Tess is someone who was in the game much more of a, not as, I wouldn't call it a go-getter, but just someone who can see the potential in certain things. And, and mm. Joel is really, you know, he, he's shut off, right? Like he lost his daughter. Sure. He, you know, he's living in this world that just, there just doesn't seem to be a whole lot of hope. And he's just trying to get by. 
So when he gets introduced to Ellie, I think that it takes in the, in the game, it takes him a while to warm up to the idea of actually being the protector, being a guardian, right? Like going forth and trying to make sure that she can make it to her destination because, uh, you know, up until a certain point, he's definitely more despondent and, and gotcha. I would, maybe not, maybe bitter is the wrong word, but it's in that direction. Were they running? I didn't, I don't remember them running uh, or smuggling, running, smuggling, a car battery. I thought they were smuggling weapons. Am I wrong again? Well, it's been several years since I've played the game. I, I remember that there is something that they were like initially doing. Cause like they, essentially the game was establishing this idea that certain types of supplies were hard to come by. Sure. Right? And so you had different, basically tribes of people that exist throughout the country. And so you're, you're bartering, you're trying to like get certain things, certain items in order to like, I don't know, survive or get ahead or whatnot. And I can't remember if the battery specifically was what was in the game or not, but mm. I do remember how, like, you know, when you first are playing the game, they're introducing you to, the way of life behind uh -huh. these walls and the soldiers and like how it's kind of a dictatorship. Sure. How like they, you, you go on these errands basically for your people, like your people, your group of folks. And then, um, then you're tasked with this Ellie situation. Yeah. I did like the, um, little scenes, little nuances, uh, mostly with Pedro Pascal where, uh, you're making do with, life as it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm specifically referring, you mentioned it earlier where like they're throwing these corpses into a fire pit, right? Yep. Burning off all the stuff, burning off the bodies, burning off the fungus, burning off whatever. Destroying everything by fire. The all consuming is. And there was a scene where he goes, uh, I, I guess he has to punch out, I guess with one of the, like a federal officer, mm -hmm. federal worker. And He's exhausted. He's fed up with life as it is, but there is no really taking a break. You just, ha you have to keep pushing forward. And yeah. he asks the guy, he says, uh, you know, what do you have for me? What do you have for me tomorrow? And the guy and the officer doesn't really, he's not like, you know, pay your taxes or get out sort of thing. You know, he, he doesn't want to really want to do his job either. Or at least he came across that way to me. And he was saying, well, we got like sewer duty or we got, Something else. And, and, oh, you're and talking then, about the guy who was passing out basically the honeydews. Kind of, yeah. Or just like work. Basically okay. I, is what I, it was. At first I thought you were talking about the uh, the other soldier who he like, he, you know, Joel was basically like in cahoots with right. to a certain no, extent. Yeah, that different guy. Um, and then so the guy says, well, probably the sewer duty because, you know, no one else wants to do it. And mm -hmm. so Joel's like, okay, well, it pays better than like give it to me sort of thing. Yeah. And he comes home and he's exhausted. Even even the sequence when uh, I guess it's Tess again, um, you know, she gets caught or gets in trouble with the wrong faction of people, and they're like, "We don't really want to beat you up, <laughs> but like you did you did wrong by us." And she's going, "Do what you got to do to send me home." Like I got you know errands to run, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Little sequences like that, I, I really appreciated with the show, um, and and really seeing the expression on people's faces that I don't remember necessarily in the game. And maybe the technology wasn't there at the time to, to show all that expression. But I, I, that was the difference that I saw with the show really versus the game. And all of that was true to the game. Yeah. 
you see Tess in that situation. I mean, like, like, yeah, the, it's interesting because the show on one, on the one hand is like super faithful to the game in yeah. terms of the production design, the set design, that sort of thing. Um, at the same time though, it is kind of loosey goosey in terms of when things happen and when they occur and whatnot. And I think it's probably because it's, it's a TV show. They only have so many right. episodes, so they kind of have to pick and choose what they want to show that sort of thing. But the, the main thing is, is that they are in fact covering the, the important beats, right? Like as they're going along. And so, I'm I, I for one am not too hard on them okay. for for that kind of decision, but it is something I did mm-hmm. pick up on. I was like, yeah, I don't remember that happening yet. I thought it happened later here, but again, it's it's like a little nitpick, sure. So yeah, another aspect of the show that I really liked were the clickers, and I was very curious to see how the makeup was going to look on them and I'm very happy to say that they look legit like all of the the clickers that I saw definitely look like the clickers from the game I think that one of the nice things about being Naughty Dog is is Naughty Dog is one of the 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 creme de la creme game developers they have high production value and so like when you're playing the game especially when you're playing The Last of Us Remastered or if you're playing The Last of Us Part 2 the graphics fidelity that, you know, they go for that, that photo reel as much as possible look. So I think that that really helped out the, the various uh, makeup effects people and that sort of thing and, and the way they moved and, and yeah, that, that particular scene where they first encounter the clickers was again, it was like straight out of the game and, you know, like right down to like that bookcase that they came to and, and like some of the furniture and, uh, yeah, I, I just loved it. I was like, wow, like this, this, this is totally bringing me back to when I played the game. And I also think too, one of the highlights of the show that I've noticed so far within the first two episodes is the lighting. The cinematography in this show looks really good. Like I would say it almost looks, it's almost on par with the type of cinematography we see in certain movies. And I think that goes a long way to also kind of legitimize this world that they're putting together. Because I, I feel like anytime you have a TV show that that's basically like a video game adaption, mm-hmm. you run the risk of it being cheesy. And True. we and we all know that because, you know, a video game is a very different beast than a TV show. A TV show is passive entertainment, whereas a video game is not passive. You know, you're, you're interacting with this character, you're role playing as that character. And so you're getting yourselves into these various game design situations. So it's, it's just a different type of experience altogether. And that doesn't always translate successfully. But what I can say in terms of what I've seen so far in, in, in this show, my goodness, like all of these different points really mean that I think that this might be kind of one of those exceptions. And I, and I don't know how many episodes they're, they're going to be showing for season one. Do you know? That's an easy Google search, Russ. I want to say there's, I'm totally got nine, nine. And the reason why I ask is because, you know, in our experience with Disney plus, um, I think the average amount of episodes for, any show that they have on there is six. 
but this is HBO Max, and so I have no idea. I'm, I'm guessing it's probably between seven to eight. But it, I'm, you know, in your case, I, I would be perfectly fine if they had nine episodes. Uh, my uh, doesn't say. Oh. Elusive. IMDb doesn't even have any info on that here. Huh? Yeah. No. Google is a little useless for this. Let's see. Episode guide. Nine episodes. Thank oh, you look very at much. That. Thank you very much. Look at that, Steve. Hmm. Look at <laughs> that. One of the very few areas that I thought was weak mm. was actually the, the depiction of Ellie. Yes. And I say that for a number of reasons. One is, is that the her personality is not the same as the game. That's what I figured. In the game, she is much more frightened. Mm-hmm. She is, you know, definitely like just wanting to like not draw attention to herself. She's definitely, and I'm talking about the first Last of Us, not Last of Us Part Two, but The Last of Us. Of course. And you know, when I compare that character to how she's portrayed in the show, it's like in the show, she's aggressive. She's mouthing off all the time to adults. And when I say adults, it's like strangers. And I just, I I don't buy into that. Right. And I'm noticing again, not to deviate too far, but I, I am noticing a bit of this obnoxious trend with female characters, specifically in shows. It's, I mean, it reminds me of like, like the little girl who played Princess Leia in, um, what was it? It was, uh, not Boba Fett, was it? No, it was Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan, we see the little girl Leia and she's just so obnoxious and just, I'm sorry, like, like a girl her age would not behave that way around complete strangers. And it pulls me out of the suspension of disbelief. It's the same thing with this where, here she is, she's an orphan, and that means that she hasn't had any kind of parental rearing whatsoever that we know of. Sure, that could make her a little more hardened to a certain extent, but she's in this post-apocalyptic world. Like, you know, when you're surviving, you don't really want to piss off. <laughs> Make enemies strength. everywhere you go. Yeah, like like yeah. you want to be able to just basically blend in, fly under the radar, do what you need to do, that sort of thing. And especially when there are strangers holding guns. Right. And so like, you know, the first encounter that Joel has where like, you know, she comes out and tries to attack him and then she tries to like get her switchblade. I'm like, the dude's holding a firearm in your face. Like, I'm sorry, no 14-year-old girl is going to behave that way. No 14-year-old boy is going to behave. No one, even a grown man like myself, would not behave that way if I have a gun pointed at my face and I don't know who that person is. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that is a weak part of the show is, is that they're not doing the character Ellie justice by taking on this, this different type of personality. Now in the game, there are moments where, you know, she defends herself or like maybe she gets upset or mad about like, maybe she gets triggered by something that uh, say Joel says you do have moments like that. I don't want to like depict her as like some, you know, ball and chain. Well, not ball and chain, but like, you know, some sort of character that's just a scared of her own shadow because that's not, that's not the case right. at all. You know, she definitely can hold her ground at certain points, but that, but the, 
they matter. Like when those points occur, those are like those, those very poignant storytelling moments. Right. This, however, is just like a teen mouthing off as if like, it was like her parent. That's what like, I was you, saying. You can't tell me to go to my room, mom. F yeah. you. And it's like, nope, that's not how this character is. Which is, again, it's surprising because you have one of the head honchos as the co-creator of the show. I would have thought that he would have been way more tied into that, right. but, but maybe he wanted to change the character up or something. I enjoyed, uh, the, what's the actress's name? The, the, the daughter, Joel's daughter in the beginning. I don't know her name. And it took me a minute to remember what happened in the game that she died. And he wasn't referring to her as Ellie, so I'm like, eh, she ain't gonna last. <laughs> but, but I actually thought, if that's Ellie, cool, so be it. Like, she was much more likable. Her lines, her script were, 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 was great. I would have gladly, honestly, taken her as Ellie than the Ellie that we got. Yeah, she, she. I recognized her right away. I was like, yeah, that, that's that's Joel's daughter. And that sets Sarah? up. Oh, I can't remember her name. Yeah. I don't remember her name. Yeah. The other side of the character is, so in the game, Ellie looks a lot like the actress Ellen Page. Sure. And there was quite a bit of uh, controversy going back and forth when the game released because a lot of people were looking at it and they're like, wait, did, did they mean for her to look like Ellen? <laughs> and, and actually Ellen at the time even came out publicly and said like how like, you know, she basically didn't appreciate having her likeness ripped off by Naughty Dog. And since that time that they have made some changes to kind of go a little bit farther away from, um, from Ellen, but at the same time, well, so as Ellen it, it, indeed. Now, Ashley, who did all of the voice perform, I think it was the voice performance as well as the, the actual like uh, motion capture, like the motion capture performances and that sort of thing, you know, I think that they did put a little bit of her likeness also into the video game character, but the, the girl that they have portraying Ellie in the show, like she just doesn't look like the character from the game. And my thing is, is like, okay, you greenlit this particular design and I'm pretty sure that like there are other girls out there that probably could be like doppelganger style, right? Sure. Like, like, you know, you're, you're like, wow, that person looks 85% like the, the fictional character in this game. And so that's something that, that pulls me out too. Cause I'm like, I'm looking at her. I'm like, that is not right. That's not Ellie. Like, I'm sorry. It was, and it's nothing against the actress uh, who, who got hired for the gig. And congratulations that you got the gig. <laughs> but like, you know, as a fan of the game, you know, I want this to be as close as possible. Yeah. And I mean, not everybody's you know going to look exactly like the, the sure. you know, representation and, and whatever you're trying to portray. But like Pedro, for instance, looks cl more close. At, or let me leave. <laughs> he looks closer to Joel than she did to Ellie. Right. Exactly. I didn't mean to cut you off there, sorry, Steve. You know, Pedro Pascal, is he ever going to play a role where he doesn't have his mustache? I don't know. I think he's had a mustache in everything. Well, did he have the did he have it in Wonder Woman? 
Mm, he may have been clean shaven for Wonder Woman 1984. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I think he was clean shaven in that show. And when he was in Narcos, he had a thinner mustache. Was it thin? It was thinner. Maybe not as bushy. Yeah, maybe it was thinner. And still. in The Mandalorian? Yeah, it's still there, yeah. Is it there? Oh, yeah, it's still there because he took off his helmet. I'm like, uh, is he going to have a mustache? And then he had his mustache. I'm like, yeah, he went on half time to trim that thing, being a Mandalorian. Mm. Yeah, I don't think so, right? He probably doesn't have to. <laughs> Done. <laughs> well, I'm definitely looking forward to watching more of this show after seeing the first two episodes. Uh, I'm really entertained. I think this is a, a great kickoff to TV in mm. 2023. What mm. say you? I would agree uh, for the large you know, part i uh, i do like this the show mm-hmm. uh, i was a little skeptical in the first episode because it just seemed like it was a little bit kind of bloated it uh, i'm glad it was the length that it was it just seemed like it could have been tightened up a bit but by the second episode i mean i really liked the second episode that's mm. what what would drew me in um, cinch the deal for you cinch or the deal clinch the deal clinch the deal tighten it down a little bit more perhaps you cinch it and then clinch it yeah cinched it down with a wet rag Sure, what we'll, we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so after the second show, I was I'm I'm really looking forward to the episode three. After episode one, though, I'm like mm, I can kind of take it or leave the show. Nothing, no too terrible about it, but it, it didn't just draw me in. The second episode's where it's at. I also read how. Apparently, the game sales are up as a result of this show. No doubt. There are only two episodes that have been released, but apparently it is uh, having a byproduct in a very positive way. And because of that, Russ, and because of the success of the show, it is inspiration for a possible Last of Us part trace. Oh, well, I don't think the show has anything to do with that. Fired. They're probably going to. They are. It's it's already in development, Steve. It's already in development. Possibly. Hey, you know more than I do, Rose. I'm. Uh, I'm confident it's already in development, Steve. But it's going <laughs> to take them a while. Those games take a while, indeed. Did you have any other thoughts about the show, Steve? No, Rose. I, I would say you know the number. I'm. I'm kind of thinking. I know you didn't ask me for a rating, and I am not rating the whole entire show. But I'm rating wow. it thus. Far. He, I would say he's already ready to give you a rating after yeah, two episodes. No, I'm saying again, thus far. Mm. I would say preemptively. Preemptively, I would say a seven. Uh I'm oh I'm sorry. We do one out of five, not one out of ten. <laughs> I My give it seven stars. I would say, yeah. <laughs> Man, he really likes that show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would say I would give it a three. Three star, three I'd out of five. Three, three out of five. Well, I'm a bit surprised that you felt compelled to share that considering the fact it was three out of five, Steve. I was, so I, was I thought you were going to say five out of five stars there, Steve. So far, Russ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not like a rating is important or anything. I'm just saying, like, that's I just, how I feel. I think it is now. interesting how you felt compelled to have to share that. Mm. You said ask me your final thoughts. There you go. 
Well, I, yeah, final thoughts about the impressions, not about ah, what rating you're going to nah, give it. Yeah, that, that was it. Jumping the shark a little bit there, Steve. Not at all. Seven more episodes to go. Yeah, I'm just like, thus far, Russ. Yes, I think that this is going to be a fun romp through. It also makes me curious to know what other types of game properties could be turned into mm. successful TV shows. You know, it's interesting when I think about how the... I lost interest in the Halo TV show because they oh, yeah. they went so far off the reservation. I mean, it wasn't even Halo anymore. It was like someone's, I don't know. Example of what not to do. Pretty much. <laughs> well, like it started out strong and then it just took a wild turn. I'm like, what are you people doing? This oh, is I, not Halo. The first half of the show started off well. It's just unfortunate because I was very excited for that show. Mm. And uh, I don't think, uh, I don't know, the likelihood of, of us having a, a, a Halo TV show that stays true to its roots is uh, not looking like it's What's, promising. What is promising um, is that they, they are making such a huge effort to keep it respectful to the game. I mean, if you look at The Witcher, for example, that whole... Community is really turned against. That's a that's a great okay. Thanks. Yeah. So The Witcher is another uh, success story with Henry Cavill. Where like you know I enjoyed watching that show. Like I felt like it did my a mostly good job of depicting the game. I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent, but you know I I think you enjoyed it as well. But what's happened since? is that they have departed. Yes, okay, the first season, the, I would say probably uh, definitely half the, of the, the first season was was good. Since then, they have been more and more departing from the mm. books and whatnot in the community. And, and Henry Cavill left. Yeah. He left the show. And he was polite about the whole well, thing. But I his- don't think he left. I think he was... Yeah. No. Nah. He didn't leave on his own accord. I think that uh, wasn't wasn't he, he left laid on his own accord. No, really, he left on his own accord. He said it in the beginning that as long as they stay true mm-hmm. to the source material, he's signed on for like nine seasons or something, like many seasons. He he wants to be this character, and he was noticing more and more that they're just kind of doing their own thing they'll make the show that they want to make and everybody else can just sit there and enjoy it. And so he just left. And that's why they, so he quit. He quit. I thought he was laid off. No, I thought that he was given bad news, like in two different places where like first he was let go of the Witcher because they wanted to have someone else be in that role. And then he gets the bad news about how they're not going to continue with him being Superman. But yeah, but yeah. he he left. He left. Oh wow. Yes. Interesting. Respect though. <sighs> Anyhow, we love ourselves some Henry Cavill on this show. Mm. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm where you can enjoy exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention. It continues financially helping us do the podcast. Also, you can click on that subscribe button as well as the notification bell. That way you will not miss a single solitary episode of Joygasm that drops once a week each week. And while you're at it, you could, if you are so inclined, do a search for at Joygasm TV, spelled J-O-Y, 
G-A-S-M-T-V on your favorite social media platform of choice. We're on all of them. Last but not least, do a search for Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We thank you for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next week.